It's Friday, November the 20th, 2009. I'm Mike Benedetti. This is 508, a show about Worcester. Brendan Melican. Good morning. Here today. It's a rainy morning today. But we have shelter. We're under, we have shelter because we didn't get more than 10 comments. So we're not going to, we're not going to be unsheltered for this week's show. For all of our many new viewers this week, uh, we have a Facebook group and all these people are now on our Facebook group. So we hope we'll have many new viewers. Uh, we, we've been doing a challenge where if we get a, a large number of online comments in any given week, we are uh, we we make a commitment to do the show outside, not under a roof. But today, not going to happen. We're uh, like the post office in that sense. What do you mean we're like we're like the post office? Yeah, rain, snow, sleet, hail. We'll we'll do it outside, but only if you ask us to. Only if you ask it. Yeah, the post office won't deliver any letters unless you give them the letters first. <laughs> I want to show you top story of the week. This is unquestionably the top story of the week. Brendan Brendan found this and brought this to many people's attention. This woman is just some woman from California. Ignore her. Jim McGovern! What? And there it was. That was, to me, that's the key, that's our key moment there. Jim McGovern. Worcester in the spotlight, the fighting third. Skateboarding with Stephen Colbert. The beautiful thing, though, is that if you notice, Stephen Colbert actually has to hold Jim McGovern up by the armpits the way you would hold a toddler up on a skateboard and coast him along the hallway of the Capitol, which is beautiful in its own, own regard. But. I have to, uh, I have to say, I'm kind of, I think it's kind of unconscionable that Jim McGovern falls off the skateboard at the end. Because this is like the city of Mike Leslie, man. Yeah. This is the city of like, you know, like one of our main top I issues is like kids hanging out, skateboarding yeah. at City Hall. Yesterday's Worcester Magazine uh, cover story, I mean, just went over just that on the common and whatnot. And I mentioned when I threw that online that I hope that every skateboarder in the city, every kid, you know, bookmarks that video to pull out next time, you know, on their iPhone, next time the cops give them a hard time. If the Congress, if, if the gentleman from Massachusetts can skateboard the halls of the Capitol and a young person can't skateboard the uh, the concrete behind the common, there is something wrong in the world. This is an important, this is an important thing. I guess, I guess, like, I just want to... I guess I want to dwell on the negative aspects of Jim McGovern falling off the skateboard <laughs> on Comedy Central. That it just it reminds me. Remember a couple of years ago when uh, maybe it was when Tim Murray was running for lieutenant governor, and uh, the the press asked him what's on your iPod, and he said I basically listen to all kinds of music except for loud metal. Except for heavy metal. Yeah. And it's like you're the mayor of Worcester, <laughs> like you know, and you're just like disowning like going to any club in Worcester any night of the week and there will be a dude screaming, you know, into a microphone <laughs> and no idea what he's saying, just screaming. And yet here we have the lieutenant governor saying he likes the dead. And outside that club, there will be a guy on a skateboard <laughs> getting harassed guess, by the cops. Getting harassed by the cops. Not falling off. It's, yeah. Anyway, anyway, so we just, uh, I just thought that was awesome. Brendan, I thought that was awesome. Thanks for, uh, thanks for watching television and bringing that to our attention. <laughs> You're welcome. It was actually Derek Ring that that's caught, caught it live on a, uh, Uncle Bear and push it to me. So holy cow! There. Holy cow! Um, so we got a lot of we got a lot of things this week. I think that probably the secondary top story um, is that there was a conference on growing growing a local green economy at Clark. Mm -hmm. um, they had uh, they, they they had a, they had a guy from out of town sort of as the keynote speaker, but they had about ten people, uh, half of whom were sort of like institutional people. Like, the guy from the bus was like, oh, you know, the bus is doing some things to get greener. And then the other half of them were people who were actually sort of doing projects, local green, right. building a local green economy, like actually doing that work. Um, and uh, I think it's an, it's an issue that I think is of, of keen interest to us. 
And uh, this is another issue that we're going to like punt because I want to get two people from that conference on. Mm -hmm. They couldn't do it today. We're going to talk about this more in depth, though. Uh, our YouTube people or Facebook people, feel free to like give us a comment on what we should be asking people about growing a local green economy. Um, uh, the network center, the neighborhood network center, Piedmont Neighborhood Network Center, celebrated its 10th anniversary last night, and there was a ton of people there. It was very exciting to see. Um, and you know, they have they have recently, I guess, lost most or all of their state funding. Mm -hmm. This is another topic where, like, I feel like everybody who's ever been a panelist on the show, except for you and me, probably totally knows everything about the economics of the network center. But well, uh, anyway, you know, it's an interesting case in terms of a network center because that where it sits on Pleasant Street, it's kind of like the four, proverbial four corners of pretty much every state rep district in, in the city. So when they got their state funding, it was kind of obvious that that would happen at some point in time because they had cited it perfectly uh, to, to get the attention of every state level elected official in Worcester. They all all the districts kind of come together on that one little corner mm -hmm. or the, the the general vicinity of that one corner. So it makes sense that you know people were actually interested in that. It wasn't just one rep funding fighting for fun funding it was pretty much all of our state officials fighting for funding for the center because it covered all of their constituencies was that a cut yes it was a cut we were running out of batteries we should switch the uh switch batteries um so the network center uh, uh dave mcmahon this week mentions on our facebook page that we should talk about how Disney's house has a farm and we don't know anything about that so we should get dave on at some point to talk about that uh, Aria, uh, uh, actually, who was on the show talking about uh, biomass incineration, she suggested that we talk about Buy Nothing Day. Okay. Do you have any personal connection to Buy Nothing Day? I have no personal connection to Buy Nothing Day, but I do have a personal connection to the Facebook ads that we created for our new Facebook age page featuring Aria, and I actually did a A-B testing between a picture of Aria and a picture of Gary Rosen. Gary Rosen won big. He did not, actually. Ah! <laughs> Gary Rosen is no longer in circulation <laughs> in the advertising. Aria does a much better job of drawing people into our new Facebook page than, uh, than Gary Rosen. What is, wrong, what is wrong with the people of Facebook? Uh, Buy Nothing Day is a thing. Uh, it's been around for a decade or two. The idea is that, you know, they, what are the, they call the Friday after Thanksgiving yeah. Black Friday because everybody does their Christmas shopping. Yeah. And the idea is for people to say, like, we're against this consumerist trend in our culture, so we're not going to shop that day. Because even though, it's, I guess it's actually not the number one shopping day of the year, People talk about how it is. Right. I think it's not, though. It's But it's like the most reported on. Mm -hmm. People say, ah, oh, it's up, it's down, where are we at? It's significantly moved online over the years, too. Where, I mean, don't they have something else that they got, like Black Monday or something They used like to that, talk or? about that there was Black Monday, that people would go into Monday. work on Monday and immediately right. start shopping online. And now people just don't even... Now people... That doesn't happen anymore. I mean, people realize they can shop online any day while they're people, working. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, there used to be this thing, actually, where people, like, wouldn't blog on Thanksgiving, and now there's this thing where people just blog on Thanksgiving, and they're like, yeah, we had a great Thanksgiving, because it's now... It's not like this big deal to, like, go online now. Right. It's like, oh, yes, of course, I checked my email, like, you know, while I was visiting my dying grandmother, because, like, it's like just like the same reason. I also put my shoes on. It's uh, like shopping just in general has changed so much too over the years. I mean, I'm at the age now <clears> where the majority of holiday gifts that I buy are actually for kids. So, I mean, it was over the summer that uh, Woot.com started a kids.woot.com. And I think I took care of all of the holiday shopping for oh. fat kids in the family over the summer by getting insane deals on, you know, toys and, and whatnot for Very kids. Cool. From there, yeah, the, cool. the idea that there needs to be one day to run out and do all of your shopping, that's yeah. a little old school for me. Yeah. Well, I, sh I should say... So I will buy nothing, Aria. Because <laughs> <laughs> you already bought it. I just want to say, as a, as a, as a devout Catholic uh, and sometime radical, I definitely support Buy Nothing Day. I definitely support... I feel it's like... I feel like Christian churches have just totally missed a boat on this. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and, and I feel like the By Nothing Day people have done very little outreach. And maybe it's the fact that they only bring this up, like, at the last minute, like we're bringing it up today, a week before. Um, that uh, I feel like whenever people say, put the Christ back in Christmas. Like, yeah, why is it too decommercialized? Like, this is, the, this is how you need to start. You need to have a big, a, a massive nationwide thing of saying, you know what, this whole, like, fest frenzy that begins the day after Thanksgiving, it's not going to begin two days after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. We've decided that. But, but didn't the Franciscans try just that a few mm -hmm. hundred years ago, and they all ended up getting burned at the stake? What it to, to not buy anything the day after Thanksgiving? <laughs> I think it was Thanksgiving in, in particular, but pushing the idea of uh, of uh, Catholicism not being about hoarding tons and tons of Europeans' money yes. in general, and it didn't work out so well for oh, the Franciscans you know. out of the gate. That you know, it's all about trying. <laughs> it's all about making a, a, it was an a effort. movement. It was a good <laughs> it, it was a successful movement. <laughs> yeah. If people, you know, we, we're, we're still talking about it today. From one perspective, that's a failure. From another perspective, that's a victory condition. You've got the eyeballs. Yeah. If you, people are bringing you the stake. Um, uh, I wanted to mention um, uh, there's some things going on this weekend. Uh, uh, there is a the Buddha Hut uh, uh, the Buddha Hut buffet last week apparently went well. I didn't go. Um, I'm not a big Buddha Hut fan. Uh, this week on Saturday, Veg Worcester was part of the vegetarian restaurant is doing another another feed in at the McDonald's on Shrewsbury Street. Hmm. Maybe a McDonald's on Shrewsbury Street or the McDonald's on Shrewsbury Street. I think there's only one on, on Shrewsbury Street. This yeah. is the one then. This is the one. They're 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 doing their thing where basically like they stand outside and give you like vegetarian alternatives to uh, meat, mm -hmm. and uh, and kind of like shame and harass McDonald's at the same time. How long before a member of Veg Worcester gets tased in front of a McDonald's for giving away? Uh, vegetarian food for free to customers uh i don't know i don't know i mean they guess you know uh, drew, drew and uh, allison Vassallo last year or the year before got arrested for uh hanging a banner and wearing a chicken suit yeah so i mean they're <laughs> they're definitely headed in the right direction it's only a matter of time though before mcdonald's catches wind of uh who's eating into their profits and uh into their margins it would be it's yeah it would be interesting i mean i think it's i think it's kind of an it's kind of i think it's kind of a brilliant uh protest in some ways because mm -hmm. not only no, i think that not only does you know it like is it like a very positive thing it's not like holding signs saying mcdonald's i guess right. it is holding signs saying mcdonald's bad but it's also being like and giving you free things good here's an option right yeah. and people are like people are like i may still eat to go and get a burger but hey some yeah. free food like i can't that's pretty sweet and i think it's i feel like at the same time that maybe the mcdonald's managers are have some sort of obligation to report this to mcdonald's central like right this is going on. So I feel like maybe these, these messages sort of go up the, the corporate it's hierarchy. It's way through the McDonald's intelligence system. Yeah. I think it may be so. I think it may be so. Um, but I've never seen a guy in a, in a chicken suit. The one thing I have not found on the internet is a guy in a chicken suit getting tased. So if Drew can put that together, <laughs> I, I would pay to watch that. This is what we call viral video, <laughs> Drew Wilson. Um, we should talk about... There's a couple... There's like some musical things this weekend I just want to mention just because I might go to them so maybe somebody else wants to go to them. Um, I, Mauro Di Pasquale has emailed me a bunch that Saturday night at 7 o'clock at the Dizian Gallery on Water Street, uh, his uh, sort of jazz fusion, may, fusion maybe? I'm not sure what this band exactly plays. His jazz band is going to be there. Mm -hmm. It's a free thing, cash bar, but they're going to have like art and stuff. I uh, have nothing to offer other than Moro's band, uh, this jazz fusion outfit, is uh, who, who puts together the title track for Rosen's Roundtable. <laughs> Rosen's Roundtable. We're going to mention Rosen's Roundtable in a second. Music um, of note. Oh, yes. And, uh, 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 yeah, I don't know. There's also, it's Saturday at Clark, there's a, a string quartet and a film presentation called Mu uh, Music and Psychoanalysis. The music is called Lacan. I don't remember what the film is called. It's kind of interesting to me. 
Anyway, Dizine Gallery is kind of cool, though. I always sort of feel like I'm in a little bit larger of a city whenever I'm in the Dizine Gallery. I like that they're right next to the Aikido studio down there on Water Street. They both have great signs now. I just like that we have an Aikido <laughs> studio and an art gallery in this one place. When you're on 290, you catch both their big signs on the top of the building. It's like, wow, this is like a city. It's very nice having them down there. Also, happy birthday to uh, uh, Worcester native, Worcester congressman, and bad skater Jim McGovern, right? Happy birthday. Yeah, his party is tonight at uh, 55 Pearl Street. Uh, this will be the... I think probably one of the only birthday parties they have to pay admission to get into. It's a $50 donation, but it's being You know, they say you have to pay one way or another when it comes to birthday parties. Yeah, this is true. And it's being hosted, though, by uh, George McGovern, um, which uh, people in Massachusetts are probably the only people who've ever had a chance to actually vote for George McGovern uh, for president. Uh, <laughs> the only state that he won, so... Yeah, could be a good time. Uh, give me an opportunity to get my skateboard signed by Jim McGovern and my copy of Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail signed by George McGovern. Two birds, one stone. Always like a good opportunity like that. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Um, uh, let's talk about Rosen's Roundtable. Actually, did, did, uh, so uh, the, in the first episode of Rosen's Roundtable, which is Gary Rosen's awesome <laughs> public access public affairs show where Brendan is one of the uh, uh, panelists on it. Uh, the first episode he had, he had a little table like this one and he had a chess set and he was like trying to explain something about city politics using chess men and I don't think it was a good metaphor because it didn't really clarify the issue or make any sense in terms of chess. The TNG actually, I don't know if you saw, not one of the old issues laying around here. They had they had an issue about this whole issue of succession of public office. Also use yeah. also use a chessboard. I think there is a connection there. Somebody's watching. Also made not one damn bit of sense. <laughs> Didn't make any sense at all. <laughs> it was a nice effort. I'm glad to see Gary started his own meme and it's moving forward. It's nice. <laughs> yes. So using using games inappropriately. <laughs> so um, I guess there's two there's two things we could talk about. We could talk about Rosen's Round Table and we could talk about uh, this political secession thing, mm -hmm. which also has this local twist of city council yeah. stuff. What what should we talk about? Um, uh, well, I, Rosen's Roundtable. I mean, I, last week's game was a Monopoly board. I think we covered it, right? <laughs> what was the What was the topic? We were talking about taxes, local oh, taxes. Okay. So uh, Gary went out and picked up a new Monopoly game, and uh, it was it was actually kind of sad because he didn't unwrap the money, so I wasn't able to uh, make it rain during the show. <laughs> That's really all I wanted while we were talking about taxes was yeah. just throwing money around. Yeah. But couldn't happen. Um, but in terms of the, the local succession uh, plans that we have now, I mean, I think people first started to notice this uh, when two days before, or the, the weekend before the uh, last election, when um, folks started lining up for Phil, Phil Palmieri's seat as write-in candidates uh, with the idea that if Phil was to run for state rep down the line, if Vincent Pedoni runs for sheriff, that you know, just having uh, the highest number of write-in votes, which might be like three, uh, would be enough for you to so, legally just bump right into Phil Palmieri's seat. I want to I want to start at the beginning because this is okay. such a long and insane <clears throat> chain. So the current assess not assessor, who's the state person? This is the this is the state auditor. The Joe, state auditor. Joe, Den Joe Denucci uh, is stepping down. And He's stepping down. So there is the assumption or the guess that uh, that guy Glotus w is interested in that seat. So he current would, sheriff. Sheriff of Worcester County, um, and then you've got a bunch of locals who will run for the sheriff's seat. Uh, most notably, you've got Lou Evangelitis um, uh, Foley, who used to head up the state police, uh, and um, Vincent Pedoni, state rep uh, from, from Worcester. Um, the idea, though, is that if, like, say, Vincent won, uh, then you would have, you know, Phil Palmieri, uh, city councilor, is interested in his state rep seat, so he would run for that seat. And he and, and Palmieri running unopposed. Unopposed for his council seat uh, meant that anyone who uh, 
wrote in for, you know, had, had enough write-in uh, uh, votes for, for Phil's District 2 seat would then just slide into uh, that seat there. So Frank Raffa of Frank the Raffa Fireman's Union at the last minute said, I'm going to do a write-in. And I think he had 135 votes. Was and the that's number. enough to win it. That's enough to win it. Well, it, it's more than enough to win it. I, the person who brought this up at last week's city council meeting was Bill Eddy, who also ran unopposed over here. And, and, and technically, the way the charter is written, even though no one put together an official uh, sticker campaign, um, if, say, Bill got hit by a bus next week or whatever, you know, he right. moved on from, from, from his council seat, whoever got the highest number of write-in votes in district in our district over here, I think it was either a toss-up between Santa Claus and Mickey Mouse were the uh, two candidates who received the highest number of write-in votes. Right. Uh, either Mickey Mouse or Santa Claus would then uh, be the one to <laughs> fill Bill Eddy's seat. Yeah. Yeah, it is chess, and it makes no sense. Or it's not chess, but it's we, some. It's some. It's political secession. It's some other game. It's another game. Yeah, we haven't invented it. We could invent <laughs> it right here. Um, but it's silly, is really the way it is. I mean, the the idea, you know, in the charter was always that the runner-up would fill that seat. Now, in, in this particular case, it seems as though there's no runner-up, uh, just uh, political opportunists who will take advantage of, you know, the the idea of a, a quick writing campaign or a sticker campaign just to have the bare minimum number of votes to slide into a seat for. A Year. So the so the argument here is that is that you should be able to secede to an office as long as you actually like ran a campaign. Meaning meaning like as long as you got enough but not got enough vote got enough signatures on a petition to become a candidate. Right. And like went through that process, then it's okay if you only get a hundred votes. Right. And nobody even knows who you are. And I think that's what Bill Eddy was asking for uh, in council session this past week was you know to examine to look at a charter change that would allow for. Um, a special election as opposed to an appointment based on uh, the second highest vote getter because okay. we're just seeing way too many district races now where people go unopposed or don't have a serious challenger and to just line those people up in the succession plan seems to kind of buck the spirit of uh, of the charter and the election yeah. system that we have now. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. There you go. That's it. There you go. <laughs> that's, the, that's the explanation. Um... My mushrooms are doing good. Yeah, my shiitake mushrooms. I got like twelve. Get the book over here, the mushroom cultivator. This is a super old mushroom <laughs> book here. Um, yeah, it, I don't know. Bought this kit in the mail. Are you still doing the log? I, I yeah. We actually, with the nice weather, I think I'm going to put the log out. Hopefully uh, this weekend. Drill the holes in the log. Mm -hmm. Stick the little pieces of mushroom wood in the log. And uh, a year from now, you love maybe over the summer. Suddenly mushrooms. we'll have mushrooms. Yeah, we have so many logs around here. Where there's just like mushrooms coming out of them, it's mm -hmm. like, why not eat them? Why? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that some of them are edible too. I just yeah. don't know enough about. Them. Well, you get you get the book to start with. Yeah, there you go. We have we have covered a ton of um, a ton of uh, stuff. There's actually something else even on there, which is that uh, uh, Nicole, who has been a uh, very thoughtful and good commentator on uh, our show, uh, also has a blog now. And it's like an actual blog blog. And there's like, I don't know, like there's not too many, there's a lot of people in the city who I feel like are writing on the internet, but they're not necessarily like writing about things that they know about in an engaging way. Right. Now we or have like, an actual big boy and girl conversation taking place online. Locally. It's very good. It's yeah. very good. Yeah, so I would say, I would say as always that like if you feel stuff is falling from the sky, <laughs> we're, we got rain, we got leaves, we got uh, a branch just hit something. Um, Speaking of building a local green economy, by the way, in the background today, as you'll notice, the Toxic Soil Busters van <laughs> is parked out here. I think they need to do some repairs for that. Um, 
Anyway, as always, I would say, you know, if you want, to, if you if you feel the need to read a blog about Worcester, you should obviously read Jeff Barnard's Wormtown Taxi. Uh, taking a page from Andrew Sullivan, I think he just does a great job. He needs to write more about local stuff and less about national stuff, or come up with two separate feeds. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. other than that, I would have no suggestion for Jeff Barnard. Um, and of course, uh, Tracy, no, my 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 uh, strong second, or maybe my first, would be Tracy Novick's blog about uh, the woods in Worcester, mm-hmm. like what birds are out, what what the rain's been like. You know who's running around in the woods. This is awesome. And then this is this could be like a third. Her, her, I think Tracy's local education blog is also up there as well too. Just in terms of newsiness, you know, this week was a great example of where you know we had two stories locally about uh, Ed Reform 2009 that's uh, crawling its way through uh, the state legislature. Looks like it's on hold until next year's session. But if you read those articles or even the articles that were in the Globe, there's no detail at all. This is like a huge sweeping overhaul of of state education, and we have someone local. Locally, who is actually picking that apart understands, you know, both the big picture and the real granular stuff, and it makes it uh, presents it in a very palatable way. But, you know, I think that's a perfect example of how local media uh, sometimes does a much better job of filling in holes and major gaps in information uh, exchange than the local press is capable of doing. Uh, just they don't have an education expert on staff at the Telegram and Gazette anymore. So finding somebody who can actually pick apart the legislation in a meaningful way is nearly impossible. But we do have someone locally who's doing a great job of that uh, online. Awesome, awesome. Um, that's everything on this list. Is Time there any- flies when you uh, have shelter and uh, aren't getting rained on. I know this. I feel I feel soft. It's I'm getting puffy like Hank Stoltz sitting here yeah. on an actual piece of furniture. Um, <laughs> barely a piece of furniture. We should point out. To. Um, is there anything else? Is there any? Is there anything that people should be enthusiastic, excited about coming into this final week before Thanksgiving? Uh, no, no, no. All right. No enthusiasm. <laughs> well, I told you my a couple things that I'm enthusiastic about life. That's 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 enough. That's, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, everyone, thanks for watching the show. Thanks for telling your mother about this show. Thanks for joining our Facebook group. And uh, for the 508, we'll, we'll be back uh, possibly next week. I think two weeks from now we'll be back talking about building a local green economy. If you have thoughts about this, we want to bring them on. We want to have them on the show. You can call the phone number. You can post a comment. We want to read your thoughts about building a local green economy. It's like the local economy trend seems like it could be a strong trend. Very logical. The green economy trend the same way. Are they happening in Worcester? Not too much. Why is that? Are they just a fantasy, or do we need to do something? That'll be our topic two weeks from now. Perfect. Perfect. All right, Brandon. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for having me, bud. All right.